It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. An award for Ron Rivera. Jack Del Rio says something interesting. Jerry Jones, Dan Snyder, the tag team champions of the world. And should the commanders go after James Bradbury? That's all coming up next on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Let's go. Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we welcome you to the Locked On Commanders podcast. I'm Chris Russell flying solo on this edition. David Harrison, my normal tag team partner, is out. He will return with a solo edition coming up for the next edition. You can catch me on the Russell and Medhurst show, which can be found Monday through Friday from 3 to 7 on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app in the Washington, D.C. area. And, of course, the Odyssey app again worldwide where you can hear the Locked on Commanders podcast. David Harrison's covering the Washington Commanders for Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. Uh, and you can check him out, again, on SI.com's Fan Nation. You can check us all out on Twitter. At WrestleMania621 for me, at DHarrison82 for David, and at LO Commanders. For the show feed, we thank you for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen or your first view of the day. If you're watching on YouTube, we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's get started with the show. Our first uh, thing that we want to get through is, is something positive. It is celebrating Ron Rivera, who enters year number three of his tenure here with the Washington Commanders. Of course, he started, he was hired as the Redskins head coach and then became the Washington football team head coach, and now the Commanders. And who knows how long it's going to last. But Ron Rivera uh, was chosen by the Pro Football Writers Association of America as the George Hallis Award winner. And what the George Hallis Award winner uh, means and signifies is it stands for the NFL player, coach, or staff who overcomes the most adversity. 
And basically, this is going back to Ron's first year on the job, but then the continuing fight, trials, and tribulations. And remember, Alex Smith won this award back in 2021 for basically the 2020 season. So Ron was a little bit delayed because Alex, of course, overcame such tremendous adversity to get back on the field. Ron Rivera was diagnosed in mid-August of his first training camp with cancer and missed just a couple of practices. Never missed a game, was always at the facility. Jack Del Rio did take over a couple of practices and did run them as he had to go get more treatment. Uh, rang the bell uh, in, I want to say it was like right around October 23rd, 24th, somewhere in that range of 2020. And as far as we know, and as far as we've been told, Ron has checked out okay. Uh, now, I had a brief uh, text conversation with uh, the head coach uh, of the Washington Commanders, Ron Rivera, on Tuesday afternoon, just wishing him, you know, congratulations when the news had become kind of fully publicly known and announced. Uh, you know, he's appreciative, of course, uh, and and I think I can say this, um, you know, it means a lot to him. Um, you know, but he, as he basically said to me, he said, look, you know, this is not exactly something you want to be known for, right? Uh, you know, having to go through cancer, having to overcome such tremendous adversity uh, and having to do it that way. So I understand exactly where he's coming from. Uh, he'd, rather, he'd rather win that other, you know, the Hallis Trophy, I can tell you that much, uh, and uh, or the Coach of the Year Award, which he's won before in Carolina. Um, he'd rather do that, right? So I understand all of that, uh, and certainly we wish Ron and his family well. He's a tough guy, steely determination, of course, and um, anybody that battles cancer knows how difficult of a battle that is. So kudos to Ron Rivera. We just want to start off the show on a positive note uh, before we get into some of the more juicier stuff, if you will. Uh, and part of that is Ron Rivera's staff. And part of that is the man who did replace Ron Rivera for a couple of days, those days back in 2020 uh, as the head coach, um, you know, for running practices and, and meetings and whatnot that day. Uh, he is the defensive coordinator of the Washington Commanders. He is the longtime NFL head coach with the Jacksonville Jaguars and the then Oakland Raiders, Jack Del Rio. Uh, and he had some interesting comments to Julie Donaldson, who, of course, is a senior vice president of the team. Uh, and, you know, look, I, I mean, in hindsight, I would have loved, 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 loved Julie to kind of press him on some of these things. Um, and to dig a little bit deeper on what he meant, but that's not her role. That's not what she's going to do. Uh, and I don't know, quite honestly, in the moment, if I would have done it as well. Uh, it's it's part of what makes a great interviewer a great interviewer, and if you're just trying to get through a, a list of things, and if you're also trying not to press the interviewee, uh, then you're going to miss some things, right? So Jack Del Rio said to Julie Donaldson, that he was disappointed that last year during the OTA periods that they didn't have everyone on the defense. And he thought it affected the team a lot. He was not specific to name any specific players by name. But remember, Landon Collins was there, but recovering from the blown Achilles. So he was not on the field. And 
Chase Young and Montez Sweat really weren't there much. Uh, Montez Sweat was there a little bit more than Chase Young. Uh, Chase Young was not there. Um, I, I, maybe he was there one day. I can't remember exactly what the deal was. They were there for veteran minicamp, um, which was mandatory, but that's it. As far as anybody can remember that I've talked to, Kendall Fuller, William Jackson the third rookie at that point, Benjamin St. Juice, uh, Cameron Curl in his second year, new free agent safety signee Bobby McCain. Nobody missed any extensive period of time. They may have missed a day here or a day there, uh, but nobody that we can remember missed any kind of extended period of time. So Jack told Julie, quote, I was disappointed when we didn't have full participation. And he mentioned the back end, on the back end, where they had a ton of communication issues early in the year. And he thought and said, you know, that it really contributed to them having a poor year last year. Now, listen, they were one of the worst pass defenses in all the NFL. I think we all know that. Some of that was the schedule they were going against, the quarterbacks they were going against. Some of that was terrible, terrible, terrible miscommunication. Some of that was injuries. Some of that was wanting to play more man and not being able to because of communication issues, because of coverage issues, because of communication issues all across the bat. They were awful. What were they, 26th overall in pass defense? Whatever the number was, it doesn't matter. And what's crazy is they did a pretty decent job against Aaron Rodgers. They did a pretty good job against Tom Brady. Think about how bad it could have been if those guys lit him up like a Christmas tree. But either way, Jack Del Rio wasn't, again, specific to Julie as to who he was talking about. Again, Landon Collins did miss all of the OTAs. Now, he was there for most of them on the sideline watching, what have you. But Again, was he pointing a finger at Chase Young and Montez Sweat? You say, well, well, wait a second, he's talking about the secondary. Well, yeah. Remember, the fact that their pass rush wasn't very good and wasn't very consistent uh, meant that they couldn't play as aggressively in terms of man defense as they wanted to. The pass rush is connected to the secondary and all three levels, right? And Quite honestly, the the problems at linebacker certainly affected the secondary, right? So who is he talking about? We don't know, of course. And Jack basically walks away saying, yeah, it really hurt us. And, yeah, I was really disappointed. And, yeah, the communication was bad. And, yes, we had a terrible year. And I think that's where it really went wrong because we weren't able to show them checks and adjustments and, and, and communicate certain things. We had to show them, well, that's not exactly true because they were all there for training camp, right? Uh, so you had that. You had some preseason, of course. Uh, and the problem was really, really, really bad for the first six weeks. It got better after that, but then injuries started to kick in, right? So I don't know if Jack is exactly being honest if we're being totally honest with you. I don't know if Jack is airing a personal frustration, again, about Chase Young, Montez Sweat, about Landon Collins for whatever reason, uh, who wouldn't switch from safety to the Buffalo nickel. Um, again, Jack's kind of like just throwing it out there, and we're all left to kind of wonder what exactly Jack Del Rio meant. All right, so we wanted to open up the show with that. Uh, and throw those two things at you. Those were some interesting comments. Coming up next, should the commanders help Jack Del Rio secondary? Should they take command of the James Bradbury sweepstakes? 
whatever those entail. That's next right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. But, guys, summer is coming, and with summer, you're going to need some good food, some healthy food to take on the road and on the go with you. And Built Bar is the perfect snack to take with you on your family vacations, your road trips. Throw them in your bag, your kids' backpacks. Just be careful. Don't leave them out in the sun because they are 100% covered in real chocolate. You know what happens with real chocolate, the sun and the heat. Yeah, they kind of melt. It's going to happen. So keep them in a cool, dry place. Take them with you. Make sure you have your Built Bars and your Built Bar Puffs. In case you don't know what the Built Bar Puffs are, David and I tell you about them all the time. They're the protein, first-ever protein-infused marshmallow uh, treat, banana cream pie, cinnamon churro. Oh, so many different wonderful, wonderful varieties and flavors. And speaking of wonderful varieties and flavors, that's what Built Bar is. You already know about the standard flavors that we tell you that all the time, but Built Bar is coming out with limited-time flavors at Built.com all the time. So check them out at Built. Dot com. You never know what you're going to find. Something to, you know, get you really excited about eating healthy. Skipping that bowl of chocolate ice cream or that bag of chips. That's what I've got to do, too. All right, guys, go to Built.com again and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order by using the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen each and every day. And thanks for watching us on YouTube. I'm Chris Russell. David Harrison is out. You can follow, again, David on Twitter at DHarrison82. The show at LO Commanders. Me at Russellmania621, David SI.com's fan nation, me on the radio on the Team 980 with Pete Medhurst Monday through Friday from three to seven. And Pete and I got into a very spirited debate on Monday when James Bradbury of the then New York Giants was officially released. We've kind of heard this was coming. We've kind of all speculated it. And now it's official. And as of late Tuesday afternoon, as I record this, 2.30 or so, uh, Tuesday afternoon, because of my radio show, James Bradbury had not signed. There was no connected visits. There was no reports of anything. Now, that may change by the time you listen or watch this. So uh, we can only uh, do what we can do. But James Bradbury is a name that has been tossed around by a lot of Commanders fans as, ah, that's the guy we've got to have of all of the Carolina Commanders connections. That's the guy we have to have. Why? Well, a couple of the reasons. James Bradbury made the Pro Bowl two years ago in his first year with the New York Giants, number one. Number two, James Bradbury is a name that fans really recognize and identify and associate with. They gravitate much more towards James Bradbury than an Andrew Norwell or Trey Turner or whoever has signed from the Carolina Panthers that they didn't know or have any real connection or association with. Oh, James Bradbury, that's a name. So that's number one. 
corner is still very much a need. I, I think when you look at Kendall Fuller, Benjamin St. Juice, uh, William Jackson the third, Danny Johnson, seventh-round pick Christian Holmes, and a bunch of other guys, not a whole lot there, to be honest with you, to get you all fired up and to make you feel like, hmm, that's really safe. That's really good. That's a deep position. I mean, it could be if they're healthy and if they play much better than they did last year. The problem is is to ask them to all stay healthy when St. Juice and Jackson the third were banged up most of last year. Mm, probably not going to happen, number one. Number two, Washington is still stuck in this kind of, we don't know what to do with all of these guys type of defensive scheme. And what I mean by that is they signed William Jackson III because he was a top press man corner. They drafted Benjamin St. Juice out of Minnesota in the third round because he was a press man corner. Kendall Fuller is more of a zone corner. When they signed back Kendall Fuller from the Kansas City Chiefs, they put him almost exclusively outside, whereas his best years in the NFL have largely come inside. There seems to be, quite honestly, a lot of confusion or a lot of haphazard planning or let's throw pasta to the wall and see if it sticks kind of mentality. And maybe that's rough. Maybe that's wrong. Maybe that's not exactly the way it is, but that's how it comes across with the benefit of hindsight, right? Uh, it's kind of like, oh, let's draft Jamin Davis to be our Mike linebacker, except for the fact that he can't play the Mike linebacker position or he didn't play it well, so now we can't use him there. It's kind of like, well, let's sign William Jackson III to play man because we want to play man press across the board because we've got this great pass rush. We want to be tight on somebody's hip. We don't want to give them space to operate with. We can be aggressive at the line of scrimmage because of our pass rush. And then the pass rush is largely inefficient. And then you have a mix of man press corners and guys that are best in zone. Uh, again, maybe Fuller's playing out of position, should play maybe more inside, but you paid him to be an outside guy. He can play outside, certainly. That's not to say that he can't, but he might be better inside, or at least that's how he's been in his career, so on and so forth. So you have this, like, kind of mishmash of things that are kind of affecting how you want to play. And, again, we mentioned the miscommunication. You know, part of miscommunication is not knowing where you're supposed to be, either in a zone or when you're in man, if you shuttle off or if you pass off someone and you're not supposed to, even in a deep third or a deep half or whatever, that could lead to all sorts of problems, right? So, the Washington secondary appears, appears from a insider-outsider point of view to be a, an absolute mismatch in terms of what they want to do, how they want to do it. And here's a couple more reasons uh, why you should consider what I'm, I'm kind of talking about. Again, Kendall Fuller only played 23.1% of his snaps last year in man coverage. He had a pretty decent grade, according to PFF, of 67.3 out of 100 in man coverage. 13 of 28 um, in terms of pass receptions allowed, no touchdowns, no interceptions, 153 yards, um, and uh, 118, I think it was, after the catch. William Jackson the third, again, a man press corner, best one on the market, played 20.4%, according to PFF, in man coverage, not zone. 
60.2 out of 100. Uh, allowed eight catches on 15 targets, but three touchdowns. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Danny Johnson, 23.2% of coverage snaps in man. 39 out of 100 in terms of grade from PFF. Six of 11, 92 yards. In 2021, in zone coverage, according to PFF, again, William, uh, William Fuller, Kendall Fuller played 65.3% of his snaps in zone, graded out a 72.6 out of 100, 48 of 64 in terms of completions, 433 yards, three touchdowns allowed in zone coverage, no interceptions. William Jackson III, 66.4% of his snaps in coverage in zone defense, according to PFF. Um, had a 56.1 grade out of 100, 22 of 31 allowed, two interceptions, two touchdowns. That's right, William Jackson III was charged with five touchdowns last year on the year. So you want to play more man, but you wound up playing a lot more zone. As a matter of fact, two-thirds of the time that you were in coverage, you're playing zone. Okay, And that was similar in 2020 with Darby and Fuller. And no William Jackson III and no Benjamin St. Juice. It was like 62, 63% uh, of the snaps, right? Now, James Bradbury, does he fit here? Well, he comes from the Carolina system where they played a cover three zone. Remember when Josh Norman came here and everybody wanted him to play man and they knew he wasn't a man corner. Yet everybody insisted that he's got to play man. And they tried that and, they, well, it wasn't good. Well, James Bradbury came from the same defensive system. In 2021, with the Giants, he played 22.5% of his snaps in man. He had a 40.1 grade out of 100. In 2020, his first year with the Giants, he played 23.7% of his snaps in man coverage, according to PFF, had a 66.1% grade, or uh, 66.1 grade out of 100 according to, again, PFF. In Carolina with Ron Rivera, still as the head coach for much of 2019, he played 17.2% in man coverage, drawing a 50.6 grade out of 100 in 2019. Now, Ron was fired in late November of that year, just for context. In 2018, Ron was there the entire year, 23.5% in man coverage, drawing a 65.4 grade out of 100. So what does this all tell us, guys? It tells us and it tells me that if you want to play more man, which the Washington Commanders have made clear by signing William Jackson III to a huge free agent deal, drafting Benjamin St. Juice, drafting Christian Holmes in the seventh round, granted seventh round, it tells me that they want to play more man. They want to be in more man coverage. They want to be more aggressive. Yet, if you sign James Bradbury, forget about the money. Forget about the money. Is it a fit? And the answer for me is not really. Not really. I mean, could you make it work? Yeah, I guess. But it's not really a fit based on what he has traditionally done, how he's been used in a couple of different schemes, and teams, and including in Carolina with Ron Rivera, 
as his head coach. Now, Jack Del Rio was not his his defensive coordinator there, so that is something to keep in mind. But there were coaches like Richard Rodgers on that staff who are still a part of the commander's staff. So just something to keep in mind as all the buzz gets generated about James Bradbury. All right, coming up next. On the Locked On Commanders podcast, we close things out with Jerry Jones and Dan Snyder. Apparently, they tried to get Papa John to kick Roger Goodell out of the NFL. Wait till you hear this story. That's coming up next right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, guys, wrapping up, Dan Snyder and Jerry Jones. Well, let's just put it this way. It, for those of you that understand wrestling parlance uh, and, and, and terms, they're not exactly the bloodline, right? They're not exactly as successful as the Usos and Roman Reigns, for those of you that understand that reference. They're not the tag team champions of the world. Clearly, on the field, with their organizations, off the field, they are always in some sort of hot water, some sort of trouble, uh, some sort of chaos. Dan, clearly more than Jerry, but Jerry has had plenty, and I mean plenty, of chaos. So apparently, according to Pro Football Talk over the weekend, and this is from testimony that was given by John Schnatter, the former CEO and largely disgraced CEO of Papa John's Pizza, who took a, uh, you know, swipe at Roger Goodell, let's say, uh, on a show called Fearless with Jason Whitlock, whatever that is. I've never heard of it, but whatever. Uh, so in November of 2017, Schnatter, Papa John, the former Papa John, I guess, uh, called out Roger Goodell during a conference call, blaming Papa John's spalling stock on the NFL's protest during the national anthem. You may remember that. TV ratings were down. Uh, Colin Kaepernick, the knee, uh, all sorts of controversy. And there was a feeling, you know, of course, by a lot of the NFL owners that kneeling was to blame. Uh, and he said at the time, quote, NFL leadership has hurt Papa John's shareholders. Talking about Roger Goodell. Um, because Roger Goodell did not prevent players, I guess, from, you know, kneeling and, and protesting and so on and so forth. Well, since then, um, you know, again, he's disgraced. He no longer runs the company. Uh, so Schnatter uh, joined Jason Whitlock. And basically, as the former CEO uh, of the team, he said that Jerry Jones and Dan Snyder called Schnatter to – say, quote, you need to take this guy out, end quote. Quote, you're the number one sponsor of the league as far as notoriety and acceptance and association. Everybody loves you. They love Peyton Manning, who at that point was a sponsor or, you know, an endorser, and I believe he owns some Papa John's. Quote, we hate Goodell, end quote. 
So Schnatter, telling this to Jason Whitlock, said he turned around and told Jerry Jones and Nan Snyder, quote, that is not my job to fire your commissioner. He works for you. So basically he was saying, listen, you guys can fire him. Uh, we're not. So, of course, it never happened. Who knows exactly if any of this is true. But the reason why I bring this up is this. I've been told for years, and I've mentioned this a number of times over the years in various different forms, that Jerry Jones and Dan Snyder are very close. Despite the rivalry between their two teams in the NFC East, between the uh, besides the rivalry with the fan bases, Jerry Jones and Dan Snyder have always been very tight. Now, I don't know the exact nature of their relationship right now. Uh, I, I haven't heard one way or the other, but as recently as last October, Jerry Jones publicly came out and said, no, 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 the NFL did a very good thing here and defended Dan Snyder by not so directly defending Dan Snyder by saying they've done enough, the punishment is enough, $10 million fine, blah, 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 blah. If Jerry was against Dan, you'd think he wouldn't be so publicly supportive. So I believe they are still very close. How much is that relationship protecting Dan Snyder is, is my question. And the reason why I ask that is because when – we look and say, well, well, when is going to be enough for Dan Snyder to go away? Maybe when Jerry Jones says it's time to cut the cord or to cut the throat, it's time to say goodbye, Dan. But until Jerry Jones does that, until Jerry Jones does not lose uh, have the, the support for Dan Snyder that apparently he still has and has always had, until that happens, it's unlikely anything real consequential is going to happen to Dan Snyder. Unless somehow they get rid of Jerry Jones and Dan Snyder for all of their transgressions. Unless that happens. Could the rest of the league team up against Jerry and Dan? I think it's much more likely that they could team up against Dan. I don't think they have enough power to get rid of Jerry with as powerful as he is, the brand that he has, the amount of control that Jerry Jones has and influence that he has. I don't see that happening. I could possibly see Dan, but not if Jerry is standing in the way. Just something to kind of keep in mind uh, as you go on about your day. All right, that's going to do it for us on this edition of the Locked On Commanders podcast. David will be back with a solo edition, uh, and I know he's going to talk about um, something that came up, uh, criticism of Carson Wentz, so stay tuned for that. We are going to have a full schedule release show. I believe it's going to be live Thursday night. So stay tuned for that. We will provide details uh, one way or the other. But, of course, the full schedule release is due out Thursday evening. We want to thank you guys for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and your first watch of the day. Come on back for that next episode. Again, David Harrison will be flying solo. Now make the Locked On NFL podcast your second listen and your second view of the day. The schedule may be dark, although it'll get Pretty colored up on Thursday and certainly before, a couple of games already being announced. But the NFL never stops, and neither does Locked On NFL. Get insights and opinions from hosts, including Ross Jackson, Tony uh, Wiggins, and Chris Carter, uh, plus local Locked On NFL hosts representing 
all 32 squads. There's no offseason for real fans. Make sure you are subscribed to Locked On NFL on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Thanks again for subscribing to us on YouTube. We're over a thousand now. That means a couple of little things will change, but uh, we appreciate you very much. So keep on subscribing, spreading the words. If you want to hop in locked on commanders, uh, locked on Washington commanders, I should say at gmail.com or 301-615-3577. That's going to do it for us today. Commanders fans. Again, we're free and available on all platforms for David Harrison, SI.com's Fan Nation. I'm Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Medhurst Show on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. We'll be back right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.